No. I'm not worried at all. I rely on God, Allah. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to a very special Lifehawk podcast episode where I am not broadcasting from my normal location. Why is that? Well, maybe it's because big business and the big entities of social media are trying to silence me by taking out my internet. And just because I have the courage to speak out about things like 5G and the different conspiracies that the world governments are trying to hide, they're trying to silence me. No, that's that's not the reason why. The reason why is because uh, my internet is out and I had to quickly find a brother uh, to um, borrow his computer and his facilities so that I could go in and broadcast from there. And so I call up, rush over to this brother's place, and I'm uh, knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell, trying to get in because I have a podcast uh, that I want to stay uh, consistent with. And um, what happens is like I'm, I'm waiting out there, I'm waiting in front of his door, and I'm like, why is it taking him so long? Like I rushed all the way uh, across the city, drove uh, like a madman, but within the speed limit uh, to his residence so that I could broadcast this podcast. And he's taken forever to get to the door. And the reason why is because this poor brother, although he gave me access to his uh, computer and he has internet uh, unlike myself uh, he unfortunately badly injured his uh, leg on the day of Eid so he actually tore the ligaments in his ankle and he has been bound to essentially uh, sitting down the whole time and he barely was able to drag himself across uh, with crutches so that's why it took him so long so there's a lot of chaos going on behind the scenes and we should always say alhamdulillah all praises due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the opportunity to still continue upon the khair and you don't know who does what and what their share of the khair is. So jazama uh, khair to that brother, jazama khair for all of you to being uh, for being patient, jazama khair to our viewers as well, uh, tuning in once again uh, week after week. So uh, yes, uh, this is uh, definitely a very, very special uh, podcast uh, as such as you can see my background is different uh, layouts a little bit different uh, but alhamdulillah inshallah we can uh, continue to have a positive impact uh, inshallah now and if there's any technical issues that arise please be patient I hope everything is uh, being broadcast smoothly and my team will let me know inshallah if uh, we need to make any adjustments during the course of the podcast all right, so, man, a lot of things in the news today, a lot of things going on in the world today. Racial tensions have flared up. Uh, there's mass rioting across United States because of the unjust murder of George Floyd. Uh, because of those riot riots and those rioting and the public outrage, 
you get a semblance of justice. You get uh, the uh, officer who was shown uh, to have his knee on the back of the neck of George Floyd. He was arrested. It took a little bit of time. Then I think he was uh, later on charged, but it took a, a huge amount of outrage. That is something like you cannot kill somebody and not get charged. They don't just fire you from your job. They don't ask, okay, hey, yeah, you know, you uh, took part in the murder of this man. So, yeah, you basically have to quit your job or we're firing you from your job. And then, like, days later, you get uh, – until there's rioting, you get arrested. No, you get arrested. You may or may not lose your job, right? But you will get arrested. That's the first thing that happens. Uh, you know, does that mean then police officers – are above the law, they cannot get arrested. That's a very poor message. That's a very bad message to send out uh, to police officers and to society at large. We talk about the case of Ahmad Arbery, where there needed to be public outrage after almost two months for uh, the uh, father and son, the McMichaels, to be arrested. Uh, again, outrage. How many people uh, suffer this, these types of injustices without it being recorded, without their story becoming viral, and uh, then there's some type of justice delivered because of that. So, uh, you know, we see again racial tensions. I've been seeing it since I've grown up, uh, you know, seeing the Rodney King riots. Uh, you're seeing, you know, uh, the uh, the uh, the the riots and protests that took place uh, just with within a few years, with all the deaths uh, being publicized due to police brutality. So, uh, I've seen this throughout my lifetime, and we've mentioned before that Canada is not innocent. We've spoken about how 50% increase in general. Uh, hate crimes, race-based hate crimes have increased, and the Muslim community has suffered even more so, over 150%, uh, you know, within that sp uh, particular community. So what's happening? What's happening to our society? Uh, you know, look at how ignorant uh, some statements are, made, are, are, are based, are made based on race. Uh, you, I, I just uh, there's a ridiculous story of how uh, a Indian news journalist was blaming uh, uh, locust infestations in India. Uh, they were blaming it on on Muslims uh, from Pakistan. Okay, so uh, that is the level. That is the level of ridiculousness. That is the level of cartoon logic that uh, people can come up with. Uh, when uh, they have um, this type of hatred and animosity in their hearts. So I want you to put a pin in that because I want to bring a lot of different concepts together. I want to bring a lot of different ideas together. And the best way for me to approach anything is when I look at it through lenses of Islam. When I look at things through lenses of Islam, I get clarity and you get uh, a better pers perspective and you have uh, guidance and you have hope uh, for a way forward, okay? So let's, you know, a lot of these things that we've mentioned, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about humanity not really showing the level of intelligence that they should have. Why is humanity doing such frankly stupid things? And I want you to think of this question in your mind, and we will address this question later on. We are living 
in an era of just widespread access to knowledge, right? You could say that uh, in history, knowledge or access to knowledge was restricted to a few people. But now, in the first time in history, you have, uh, through the internet, uh, through a uh, massive amount of books that are printed, that are available uh, online, that are available through ebooks, uh, you have courses, you have YouTube videos. So you have a massive, massive amount of knowledge that is available for humanity. Massive amount. But is knowledge the same thing as intelligence? And what is better, knowledge or intelligence? What is the relationship between the two? And if one is better, which one is better, knowledge or intelligence? And we've also finished this month of Ramadan. We finished um, uh, like an entire month of fasting. You know, alhamdulillah, we were able to celebrate Eid um, in different various circumstances. We know that this was a Ramadan and Eid for the history books. And not all of us were able to celebrate Ramadan uh, in uh, or practice Ramadan uh, communally, nor could we celebrate and practice Eid communally. So... It was a very uh, unique uh, Ramadan. It was a very unique Eid. But Ramadan, we mentioned a lot of the benefits of Ramadan, of fasting. But this is another question I want us to ask. There's so many videos out there right now talking about the health benefits, the physical body health benefits of fasting. But is there any mental benefits? Does Ramadan make you more intelligent? This is another question we're going to answer during the course of this podcast. So a lot of important issues we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about current events. We're going to talk about Ramadan. We're going to talk about intelligence. We're going to talk about uh, some other issues that might get me banned from social media. And um, we promise uh, not to talk about 5G again. Okay. So a lot of different things that we will talk about and uh, certain things that we won't talk about. So uh, the linguistic definition of aql or intelligence means to reason. It means rationality. It means uh, to have intelligence, right? So the opposite of aql would be like the antonym of that, which would be al-hamaqa, okay? So that means stupidity. That means foolishness, okay? So when you look at... Uh, for example, the word aql uh, from like al-ba'ir, it means that I bound the camel or it's a rope like iqal means to bind uh, or the rope that you use to bind the camel. So a synonym of the word aql, a similar word would be al-mana'ah. So it means uh, the act of preventing or withholding. Okay. So this is the linguistic definition of the word aql. Now, what is the Islamic understanding of the word aql, of the word intelligence? What does that mean from an Islamic perspective? Because the Islamic perspective incorporates the linguistic definition, but there's added wisdom and added guidance through the Islamic definition. So Ibn al-Jawzi, he summarizes the understanding of the Sahaba and the students of knowledge, the scholars of this deen in terms of their definition and their understanding of the word aql. 
Okay. So firstly, aql intelligence is the innate ability for a person uh, to be able to receive and understand and synthesize information. And this distinguishes us as human beings from the animals. Okay, this makes us different than animals when we are able to do that. We're at a level above them. So, for example, in Surah Al-Mulk, uh, Ayah 8 to 12, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala talks about this group that is in hellfire, and then they are asked, "Did no warner come to you? Did did not somebody come to you?" to warn you that this would be your end if you did certain types of actions, certain types of consequences, like there's consequences for that. And they will say that, yes, indeed, a warner did come to us, but we belied him, we rejected him, and said, Allah never sent down anything of revelation. You are only in great error, okay? And in the following ayah, Allah SWT says that they say, and they will say, had we but listened or used our intelligence. Had we but listened, I want to repeat this again. Had we but listened or used our intelligence, we would not have been among the dwellers of the blazing fire. Then they will confess their sins so away with the dwellers of the blazing fire. So, uh, they are saying that if only we had used their intelligence. That means that aql, okay, is a blessing to everyone. Aql is something that is innate to everyone. We've been given the power and capacity to reason. We have the ability to process thoughts and information more more than at a superficial level because the following ayah uh, you know we we stopped at ayah 11 in ayah 12 in surah al-mulk is verily those who fear their lord unseen theirs will be forgiveness and a great reward so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that intelligence there's a lot more to intelligence than just information just knowing something Okay, this is giving us some clues that knowledge is not the same thing as intelligence. Because if intelligence wasn't innate to us, that we didn't possess intelligence, we would not be held accountable for it. So same thing like zakat, for example. Zakat, you are only uh, you're only uh, obligated to pay zakat if you are uh, above the nisab. So you have a certain amount of wealth that you are obligated to pay charity. If you don't have that, you're not obligated to do that. You're not held, you're not liable for that, okay? So if you didn't make any, and for example, similarly in this society, you didn't make any money, you're not obligated to pay any taxes. You can't give something that you don't possess. You can't be responsible for something that you don't uh, possess. So similarly with intelligence, they're saying these people in hellfire had we only but used our intelligence. They're not saying had we known. It's not knowledge. They're saying if we had used our intelligence. And intelligence here in these ayat, these verses in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying is that to have the fear of Allah. And uh, that uh, is... Uh, 
essentially sets you up for forgiveness and great reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? So uh, we know intelligence intelligence is what's required uh, for us to survive even in a dunya level. Okay, so it's a basic element. If you don't have intelligence, if you don't have the ability to reason, you cannot survive even in a material level. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling you that you require intelligence not only to be successful in this life, but in the akhirah. Okay? And that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, uh, similarly in Surah Yunus, Ayah 100, and we will put the wrath on those who are heedless. Okay? Meaning that those who don't use their aql. That we have given you this aql. You have this aql. And because you don't use it, you're going to be responsible for not using it. Now, secondly, aql. It's the recognition of self-evident things. So it is the recognition of axiomatic truths. And you know, subhanAllah, people who uh, aren't even coming from an Islamic perspective, they recognize the relevance and the importance to recognize self-evident things, axiomatic truths. So for example, if you even look at the Constitution of the United States, uh, they say that uh, they refer to uh, it being self-evident, that we uh, understand these truths to be what? Self-evident, okay? Uh, I was uh, recently um, uh, listening to the 30th anniversary of the audio book by Stephen Covey. It was just, just released actually a few days ago. Actually, uh, a week ago now. I believe it was a week ago. And um, he was mentioning uh, the importance of believing in self-evident axiomatic uh, truths. So it doesn't matter if you have a very high IQ, if you have a very low IQ. Um, it is a statement to be, everyone takes it as a statement to be true. You know innately that this is true. And so uh, this becomes the premise or a starting point for further reasoning uh, for you to have a substantive argument with somebody or a dialogue with someone because uh, if you don't have a basis from where you can operate from, then uh, it becomes – you wouldn't – as human beings, we would not be able to relate or communicate with each other. So for example, fairness. Fairness. That is something that is self-evident. That is a, is a truth that is – that is self-evident. It's an axiomatic truth that people believe that something like fairness is virtuous. Okay, uh, so for example, in the United States Constitution, they say that uh, all men are created equal. So all human beings, for us, we would even expand that that all human beings are created equal. Okay, in terms of their position with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to be of equal height or have equal money, be equal in their good and bad that they do and so forth. But they all have an equal amount of human rights. Okay, something that is self-evident. If you can, if 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 you argue with somebody who doesn't believe that, right? So, for example, if 
as a society, generally speaking, we believe in fairness. And so if we believe in fairness, now we can discuss how we achieve that fairness. So the how is something that we can dialogue and discuss about. But if we say uh, from the beginning that fairness is not something that is important, then that's an axiomatic truth that becomes difficult now for me to reason with somebody. You understand what I'm saying? So, for example, self-evident truth is that uh, no one in their right mind, I don't even care if they're an atheist, are going to say that a baby is uh, blameworthy. Okay? No, we would say that uh, babies are innocent, they're pure, they're blameless. Okay? That they are um, – and they have value. We would say that a baby has value. Okay, so another self, something that's self-evident um, is uh, with a person who has this basic level of aql uh, is that human beings are more valuable than animals. Okay, we would say that human beings, there's more value to a human being than an animal. We would say that an animal has uh, more value than uh, plants, for example. So, for example, if a person were to cut a baby, okay, they would uh, that would be more abhorrent than you cutting a animal, okay, and that would be more abhorrent than you cutting a tree, okay. So these are self-evident things that people understand. So for and 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 that is why if you look at the ayat in the Quran, if you look at the verses in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relies on this uh, component that is created within human beings that we understand, we can understand these self-evident uh, things to be true. So that's why, for example, uh, in the Quran, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Am min ghayri shay'in am humul khaliqun. Were they created by nothing or were they themselves the creators? So Allah is saying, did they just come from nothing? Were you created by nothing? Can you ever get that? Can you produce something from nothing? Can zero ever give you anything? Okay. So it's a self, and that is something innately. That's something from an intelligence. And so for somebody to say that, I don't care how many PhDs they have, how many masters they have, how many books they've written, for someone to say that you can get something from nothing that shows a lack of intelligence that shows a lack of intelligence or were they themselves the creator so did you create themselves did you create yourself did you come up with your own creation did you decide one day hey i want i want uh to be created today you know you can't even control when you will die you can't control prolonging your life Okay, so I want you to think about this. You can't control indefinitely prolonging your life, yet you think that you were in control of starting your life, of initiating your life. And that is similar to say, that is the same line of logic when people who say, oh, the universe created us. Okay, firstly, that's problematic in the sense that you are giving uh, this you're giving this uh, this lordship to the universe rather than Allah. Okay, but we realize that the universe itself had a uh, had a uh, creation. The universe itself also had a beginning. 
So how do you get zero? Okay, how do you get something that is uh, from from zero into existence? Okay, for the universe because we know that uh, the universe of its uh, of itself are made out of different components and different parts, and each thing had a beginning. Okay. Now. Uh, and, and so this is something that innately appeals to the intelligence of a human being. Now, similarly, Allah has signs. Allah Azza wa Jal has signs that everybody has the capacity, the aql, the intelligence to recognize. So, uh, for, for example, uh, in... Uh, in Surah Ar-Rad, Ayah 4, Allah describes the creation. Uh, and after uh, he describes the creation of Allah, he says, Verily in these things, these are, there are ayat, there are signs, proofs, evidence, lessons for those who, yaqilun, those who have aql, those who uh, have intelligence. Okay. So there are signs when you look at the world around you, when you look at your existence. And this is something that I would advise myself and all of you to constantly do, to reflect on the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to reflect on the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And part of the signs, of course, part of the ayat or the ayat of Qur'an. Part of the ayat are the trees, the sky, the sun, the moon, the alternation of the day and the night, uh, the uh, the animals and the resources of the earth that have been subjugated uh, like no other to human beings. Okay, and so if you don't do that, if you don't do that, you've been given this aql, you've been given this intelligence to recognize the signs of Allah. And if you don't do that, you are, as Allah has stated in Surah Al-Anfal, Ayah 22, verily the worst of moving living creatures with Allah are the deaf and the dumb and those who understand not. Okay, so those who do not have aql. Okay, so that means that even though you say you can hear and speak, you truly aren't able to hear and speak because you're truly not listening. Right? Your maybe it's your ego that is blocking out. You know, the, it's not the wax that's black. You know, in your ears that are that is blocking you from hearing. It is actually your ego that is blocking you from hearing. It is actually. Uh, your your uh, willingness to ignore what you are being told or listen to the ayat of Quran or ignore the reminders. Uh, and so you are deaf in that sense and you are dumb uh, in that sense because uh, what you speak of uh, is not based upon the truth. And those who don't, those are those people who don't understand, who don't have intelligence. So aql is a blessing. The lack or improper use of it is uh uh, is worse, okay, and you're liable for that. You're um, going to be held accountable for that. Similarly, your senses, they are a blessing from Allah. The lack or improper use of those senses uh, is something that you will be held accountable for. Now, there are exceptions where people aren't, aren't accountable. And the Messenger of Allah has stated that. Okay, so let's be, let's Let's take out all the what ifs out of the equation because 
people could be like, okay, what if a person has uh, like uh, mental deficiencies? What if a person has brain damage? What you know, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so this is all Sahih al Jami. Uh, Rasul this is the reference I just gave Rasul Muhammad said there are four who will protest to Allah on the day of judgment the deaf man who never heard anything the insane uh, man the very old man and the man who died during Fatara, uh, so between uh, prophets so they, they never heard the message okay so they didn't get the message of Islam so again Allah is just and so what we are guided to here is that if there is some type of deficiency if there is uh, and that is a test by the way that is a test uh, for uh, the children of Adam alayhi salam if you have these um, you know th these types of deficiencies if you have certain types of handicaps uh, developmental disorders whatever that's a test for that particular person on the day of judgment Allah will take away those uh, types of deficiencies for them. They will be, uh, uh, they will be, uh, you know, tested, and uh, they will be given the opportunity uh, to go into paradise. But it's also a test for us, of course, how we uh, treat and how we deal with these people. But very clearly, the point that I'm trying to give here is that if there is a deficiency in your aql which could occur because again you are not accountable for something that you do not possess okay so generally speaking everybody has intelligence but there is those there, there are exceptions uh to that now so that's number two is that this is something that uh we have an innate ability to recognize self-evident truths uh intelligence also is gained through experience intelligence it's gained through experience and so um we have sp uh, spoken about uh, the sunnah of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how allah says and uh, very nice if you want to go back to our previous video with imam nadwi a very nice explanation about uh, the ayah in the quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَن تَجِدَ لَسُنَّةَ اللَّهِ تَبْدِيلًا وَلَن تَجِدَ لَسُنَّةَ اللَّهِ تَحْوِيلًا Okay, so uh, that there is no turning off, okay? Well, you'll see there is no change in the sunnah of Allah and there is no turning off in the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, okay? So there, there is no change in that and, and part of the explanation of that is that uh, if you look at the natural and physical laws around us, uh, Allah does not turn those off. He doesn't change them. Okay, part of that is like, you know, for example, gravity. You see gravity. Allah doesn't just turn off uh, gravity. Yes, it can change. Okay, like say if you're on the moon, gravity can change and so forth. But there are certain physical laws, natural laws that we operate uh, through uh, that does not change. And so you gain intelligence through experience. Okay, so for example, um, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Hajj, uh, Ayah 46, have they not traveled through the land and have hearts wherewith to understand and ears with which to hear? Verily, it is not the eyes that grow blind, but it is the hearts that are in the breast that grow blind. So Allah is telling us, have they not traveled through the earth? Okay, and you'll see many um, verses in the Quran where um, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Aulam yasiru fil arth." Okay, 
So, like, have you not? Uh, have you not traveled through the land? There are many ayat, okay, many verses in the, in the Quran. Surah Al-Ghafir, Ayah 21. Surah Yusuf, Ayah 109. Surah Muhammad, Ayah 10. So there's many, many verses in the Quran that talk about this. Have you not traveled through the earth? Have you not gone through the land? Have you not observed uh, uh, you know, what, what, what has gone in the earth? Have you not uh, you know, looked at the sunnah of Allah? Meaning, and this is many different levels. One is we talked about the physical laws. And that's essentially what science is, right? Science is a faith. Science is a faith-based system because science looks for patterns and regularities found in nature. And based on that, based on the study of these patterns and regularities, we have faith that the future will behave like the past. We have faith. It's, an, it's a faith-based system. Science is a faith-based system because if you did not have faith that there is a regularity or a pattern that can be detectable, then you would just believe in absolute randomness. You would believe everything will be random. There is no use. There is absolutely no use to study what has happened or to study patterns and regularities uh, and try to come up with um, you know, models, essentially, that will predict the future or how things will interact, how molecules will interact and so forth, okay? How atoms will behave so science is learned through experience it's experiential knowledge it is something that you observe okay and we see that, that there's no turning off in the sunnah of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, so uh, similarly when you look at uh, history when you look at history what do people say about history history repeats itself you constantly see Patterns in history repeat themselves, right? So we look anytime there was injustice in history, anytime there was a high level of oppression in history, people uh, would rise up against it. Oppression is never sustained, is never forever. It's unsustainable. Oppression, injustice, unfairness is unsustainable. It's unsustainable. When you look at what's happening in the United States with massive protests in cities all across America, don't they think about their history? Don't they look at their history? Why did they have a civil war, one of the most bloodiest civil wars in history? It was because of oppression. Why did they have a civil rights movement? It was because of oppression. Why did America start in the first place? Why did people leave their homes, transverse a dangerous ocean, put their lives at risk, left these Europe, this, their established society within Europe to start like uh, homes from scratch, to, to start a society from scratch? There was oppression happening. Their churches, their governments, their kings were oppressing them. And they wanted to leave. How many people left because they wanted freedom of religion? It is unsustainable. Oppression is unsustainable. You cannot sustain it. And people will eventually rise up against oppression. How many George Floyds do you need to see before you rise up against, uh, against oppression? How many Ahmad Arbery's do you need to see before you rise up against oppression? How many 
misogyn need to be, uh, you know, have these mass murders come in before you rise up against oppression. Oppression is unsustainable. It is not sustainable. And so have you not traveled through the land and saw the fate of those before who thought they were so arrogant, who thought they were undefeatable, who thought that they were like gods, but when Allah, the one and one and only true God, gave his punishment, one punishment, they were wiped out. They were wiped out without a trace, without a trace. Okay, so you look at patterns in history and you see history repeats itself. Okay, uh, you know, uh, and, and this has happened. I've given uh, uh, an entire um, halaqa on how there was similarities between World War One and the Fijar Wars that occurred during the time of Rasul Sallallahu So World War One, if you know your history was a war that uh, brought basically, it wasn't a war that was planned. It was because of an injustice, of murder, of a few, of a few actors that were involved that you had nations come in th uh, through alliances and there was like this bloody war that lasted for years that brought the whole war, the world into it, into war. And then it was the pretext for World War II, okay? Which again, brought nations into it and was a very, very uh, bloody war that affected the course of human history, okay? But Fijar Wars was a similar concept, okay? It was tribalism, uh, a few actors, injustice, uh, trying to uh, rob, you know, certain uh, tribes, other tribes trying to rob other tribesmen and brought in all these alliances. And it was, again, a war that lasted uh, four years, four or five years, and then they decided afterwards, hey, guess what? We need to stop this. We need to come up with some type of justice. We need to come up with some type of pact. And that's why Hulf al-Fadul came, where you have like this uh, agreement that, okay, we can't stand for oppression. We got to stand up for what's just. We can't just stand up for tribalism. It doesn't make any sense. Because of that, our whole society suffered for years and years. Uh, we were drawn into something just because of injustice. It's not even worth it. Okay, so history repeats itself. Uh, nature repeats itself, okay? The science, okay? The study of the world around us, we can see patterns. It repeats itself, okay? Uh, the, um, the fate of those who transgress against their Lord, that is something that we can observe and their, their fate is repeatable. So now, number four, Aqal. Let's get back to Aqal, okay? Aqal, the inherent principle of adhering to the truth is where one restrains oneself from his uh, heart's vain desires. How well? Okay. So there's an inherent principle here that you adhere to the truth above desires. Okay. So you put intelligence is the one. So for example, Al-Aqil, Ibn al-Jawzi defines Al-Aqil, the one who has Aqil, is the one who withholds or restrains himself from doing that which is not suitable or befitting. Okay? So, uh, and that's similarly what we explained at the beginning of the, one of the linguistic meanings. Okay? Or one of the linguistic meanings of the word Aqil. Okay? So, you can be controlled by your desires, you can be, uh, and, and if you do that, you can use a false sense of logic. So if a person 
so for example, we, we, we spoke about uh, in the podcast on racism, the race to end ism, that you'll have people who they have racist ideas in their hearts. So essentially it's pride, it's arrogance. I'm better than you. Okay, as Iblis said to Adam salam. So they're following the Sunnah of Iblis rather than the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So when you're following that, then what do they do? They try to justify it. They try to rationalize it. Oh, but you know what? Like, um, you know who's the victim of most black? Uh, you know, uh, the, who, the 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 perpetrators. Uh, of the most uh, black crime, so the, against black people, or actually black people, right? So they use this statistic. You see, racists use this. Oh, you shouldn't blame police. You shouldn't blame, uh, you know, other races. Uh, and these are the same people who tight, uh, who tout uh, racial superiority. But that's with any race. That's with your any any people. The biggest victim of white uh, are the biggest perpetrators of uh, of white crime uh uh you know the, uh, the, the that perpetrated on on white people is white people Sim- similarly with black people is black people okay so uh when you use false logic it can become very very destructive very destructive so for example uh, a person can use false logic they can say to themselves listen uh I'm I'm uh, I'm super stressed out, okay. And for me to calm my nerves, um, I need to uh, smoke some marijuana, okay. Or I need to uh, drink some alcohol. So you could have that logic. So it's a it's a false it's a, it's a false sense of logic. Why is this a false sense of logic? Firstly, I've heard this by my by many people who drink who uh, who get high. They're like, before I can make this decision, I'm so stressed out. Before I can make this decision, uh, I need to you know have a drink. This is an important decision. I need to have a drink. This is an important decision. I need to get high. Now, what what is wrong here? Why is that a false sense of logic, but it's based on a person's hawa? It's based on not their aql, but their hawa. Imagine that I am going into surgery. So I'm going to go in for a very complex, complicated surgery. And I say, listen, I'm super stressed out to calm my nerves. I need to drink some alcohol. Would you ever want me to be your surgeon? Would you ever, ever agree for me to be your surgeon, you know, he's like, he's like, no, thanks, good, I'm, I'm good, bro. Okay, I'm good, man. <laughs> you know, peace. I don't need the surgery, right? <laughs> I, this is, this is actually, I, I know, I, I know, you said I need the surgery. It's okay, I don't need the surgery. I'm all good, right? You would never agree for that surgeon. Why? Because what is that doing? That's showing that because that does not improve my intelligence. Alcohol. Why do they arrest somebody when they have a certain uh, they they pass a certain threshold of uh, alcohol in their bloodstream when they're driving? Because you make poor decisions. This is something that we all understand. When you're high, you make poor decisions because it affects your aql. It affects your intelligence. Okay, 
And when you do that, you're not going to be making uh, proper decisions when you're doing that. All you're doing is when you take that alcohol, you're trying to deal with uh, your situation emotionally. It's not improving your intelligence whatsoever. It's actually impairing your uh, intelligence. That's why one of the objectives of the Sharia, one of the objectives of the Sharia is what? To preserve your aql is to preserve your intelligence. And that's why all things which impair your intelligence, all things that impair your judgment uh, are forbidden. And now we, you see society tries to do this patchwork. Oh, you can't get consent if a person has any alcohol in their system and uh, they, they, they're under the influence of any type of uh, you know, mind-altering drugs and, and, and so forth. So you, it's just piecemeal. You're just trying to do piecemeal, catch up. You're just trying to catch up with all these destructive uh, consequences within society of people impairing their intelligence. Why? Because you can't make a proper decision. You can't get consent from somebody. You can't get consent. So you, but your value system, you're saying it's fine. It's okay for us on a regular to impair our intelligence, to impair our decision making uh, ability. Okay. So uh, I remember I was asked uh, by a brother. He said, like, you know, why in this day and age, why in this day and age, with all the knowledge people have, with all the advancement, in human technology, why is it that we have people who are still slaughtering and killing one another? Shouldn't we be advanced beyond that? You know, shouldn't we be like move beyond this? Like, shouldn't be a, a much more advanced society? Think about the level of advanced technology that we have, and that's and unfortunately, uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, conflate again knowledge with uh, intelligence. Similarly, people conflate science with technology. Okay, Again, science is a methodology of studying. You know, because people take it as a religion, unfortunately, they say, hey, look, look at what my religion has um, you know, produced, and all they'll name all these technologies. No. Under Islam, like they understood that this was a branch, this was a methodology of knowledge under the Islamic Empire for 800 years. Look at our look at the history of science and development. You had massive uh, scientific advancements. You had massive technological advancements. So technology is just the utility of your knowledge. Okay, it's just the utility of that. Okay. So anyhow, why is it that we have in a, in a situation like this? And if you look at recent events. Why is it in such an advanced civilization with so much knowledge, you have a police officer for eight minutes willing to put his knee on the back of the neck of a human being who is not struggling against arrest, who is, who is saying that I cannot breathe? who is gasping for air, gasping for his life, who is calling out for his dead mother. How is it in this advanced civilization, one of the most advanced, technologically advanced civilizations in the world, that we can have something like this occur? How can we have you know, people who now feel this anger of this injustice to protest this? 
go and harm and kill other people and burn down people's property who have nothing to do with that injustice. How can you how can you do that? You know why? It's because people aren't operating with intelligence. They're operating on their own desires. Because when you operate on your own desires, you can justify, you can rationalize why you need to put your knee and then put your hand in your pocket. Did you see that in the video where he puts his hand in his pocket? Why was he doing that? They said so that he could put additional pressure. He was pushing down with his hand in his pocket to put additional pressure on George Floyd's neck. That we can, how can you rationalize doing that? How can you rationalize doing that? The same way that Qabil can rationalize killing Habil, the, the two children of Adam salam, how one killed the other, Allah tells us in Surah Nafs, or sorry, Surah Ma'idah, Ayah 30, so the Nafs, the self, the desires of the other, the latter one encouraged him and made fair seeming to him the murder of his brother. He murdered him and became one of the losers. His desire, man, his nafs, his feelings on the matter, justified, made fair seeming, rationalized that brutality. And, and this is not new. This is not new. They rationalized, like, this is in front of us, and this is the trending story. They can rationalize sending a drone out to a remote village. They've been judge, jury, executioner. It is worth it for us to bomb this village, this family's house. They rationalized that. It made it fair-seeming to kill all these people and collateral damage is worth it. And it made them rationalize in their minds. Think about how, how deep, how low you can go. That when you killed an entire family, their second play, the second step in their playbook, is that when their extended family comes to have a funeral... They already have pre-planned to bomb that funeral because there is suspected, uh, you know, enemies within that group. That's what you rationalize. Okay, now they can't even have a funeral uh, in peace. They can't even, you know, have their loved ones rest in peace because they're going to be very uh, soon on their path to join them. It rationalizes that. It rationalizes. There's no aql because inherently, if you have aql, you have mercy in your heart. Inherently, if you have aql, you understand, even though I can get away with it in this earth, I will be accountable to the creator on the day of judgment. That's a person who has intelligence. If only we had listened to our intelligence. So, aql is the ability to process knowledge, learn through experience or knowing it intuitively, innately, to control your desires, hawa, and act upon it in the right way, amal. Okay? So, this is in a nutshell. 
And so there is a big difference between knowledge. There is a big difference between ilm and aql. There's a big difference between knowledge and intelligence. In Surah Al-An'am, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala tells us in ayah 20, those to whom we have given the scriptures, you know, meaning the Yahud and the Nasara, the Jews and the Christians, recognize him, Muhammad Sallallahu as they recognize their own sons, those who destroy themselves will not believe. So Allah is telling us that these people, they recognize the truth from the Messenger Sallallahu And there were many, there were many who recognized the truth. Uh, the uh, Safiya bint Huyay al-Akhtab, she speaks about her father, uh, Huyay uh, ibn Akhtab, uh, who recognized the Prophet. And he was speaking with his brother, her uncle, and he was asked, is it him? Is it the Prophet? Yes. But he's going to be our en enemy uh, till the end of time. We're going to be against him. We recognize him to be the truth, but we're going to be against him. So he had the knowledge, his scriptures foretold about Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu But he could not reign his, because intelligence, what did we say, is to reign in your desire. You know why? Because the Prophet came from the Arab and not from the Yahud. So we, we can't follow him. Similarly with Abu Jahl. Abu Jahl's original nickname used to be Abu Al-Hakam. You know, the father of wisdom, the father of intelligence. And he became the father of ignorance. Why? Because when he was asked by him, to him, is he, do you believe he's a prophet? Yeah, he's a prophet. But his tribe, listen, they have taken over the responsibility of covering the Kaaba. They've taken the responsibility of, Dara, uh, you know, uh, you know, Dara Nadwa, like the, the council of the banner of war. They have the privilege of that. They have the privilege of providing for the pilgrims. We're not going to let them have the prophet. Now they say the prophet is from amongst them. No, no, that's we cannot have that because of tribalism. And so this is what happens to us is that you lose your way when you don't act upon the truth. You lose your way if you don't act upon knowledge. And similarly, you lose your way. You are unintelligent, you lose your aql if your knowledge becomes symbolic. If it, it becomes symbolic. Allah SWT tells us in Surah Al-Jum'ah, so chapter 62, ayah 5 in the Qur'an, the likeness of those who are entrusted with the Torah but who subsequently failed in those obligations is the likeness of a donkey. So the likeness of a donkey who carries books on its back. That's the likeness, is that when your deen becomes symbolic, it doesn't benefit you. Knowledge, when it becomes symbolic, does not improve your intelligence when it becomes symbolic. You know, it's like, uh, for example, a medical doctor who tells his patients that uh, you need to have a good diet, a healthy diet, avoid uh, eating uh, foods that are harmful to you, and... He himself doesn't do it. You know, he or she doesn't follow that advice. Then is that a person who's intelligent? They have knowledge. They're like a donkey carrying books on their back. And us as Muslims, are we intelligent? Do we have intelligence? 
do we have intelligence? Are we intelligent people? We have we have Deen, we have Islam, but why are we not benefiting from Islam? Is it because our knowledge has become symbolic? Are we unintelligent? Do we have the knowledge of the Quran? Do we have the knowledge of the Hadith? Do we have the knowledge of generations of ulama? Yet these are just books that we are carrying on our back, just as a donkey would carry books, unknowingly what knowledge is within uh, on that donkey's back. I want you to think about Jum'ah. I want you to think about Friday prayer, for example. Friday prayer. How do you approach, approach Friday prayer? Let's use that as an example. Friday prayer uh, is uh, changed right now. We're in a completely different paradigm when it comes to Jum'ah. Is there a big difference for many people now that they're not able to attend Friday prayer? Has it been a very difficult adjustment period or has it been, okay, uh, now I'm, I'm able to you know, adjust to it? And when you were going to Friday prayer, think about it. How many people went to Friday prayer and were affected by that Friday prayer, by the reminder that they received on the Friday prayer and their actions changed? How many people uh, would, would change when they would come to Friday prayer? In the Muslim of Imam Ahmed, it's narrated by Ibn Abbas, عنه, that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, anyone who speaks during the Jum'ah prayer while the imam is delivering the khutbah is like what? Is like a donkey carrying books. Is like a donkey carrying books. And for those who even tell him to listen, there is no reward for the Jum'ah. How many people come for Friday prayer? They're on their phones. How many people come for Friday prayer and they're chatting with the person next to them? How many people come for Friday prayer and know the arkan, the pillars of Friday prayer? How many know the sunnan of Friday prayer? How many people know any of these different things? Or paying, or paying any type of attention to the imam uh, and they come, they attend the Friday prayer, prayer and they're just like a donkey, as if a donkey came, sat down while the Imam was giving the khutbah, got up and left. Do you think that donkey is going to change its MO? You know, it's a method of operation. Is the donkey going to change anything about themselves? And that's why uh, when we look at Allah, when he tells us in Surah Al-Fan, very the worst moving living creature with Allah, the deaf, dumb, and those who understand not, is that they don't use their reasoning to recognize the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't use their intelligence to implement the knowledge that they do come across or they do know. That's why Allah tells us in Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 36, very important. So chapter 17, Ayah 36. Allah says, And follow not a man that of which you have no knowledge. Verily, the hearing and the sight and the heart of each of those of you will be questioned by Allah. So don't follow the people who don't have knowledge. How many on YouTube, if you search life coaches, you know, I'll make you rich. Dropship, what is it? Dropship marketing? You know, like all the stuff they're selling you on YouTube. It's like, figure out, find out 
how you can have not a seven-figure income, an eight-figure income with my new course, right? Somehow, <laughs> all these life coaches, the way that you can be truly uh, have a better life is if you have more stuff. Apparently, that's uh, you know the uh, you know the take-home message, right? So you have, uh, if you look at it, life help, you know. Uh, these people or, 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 or those people who may um, be successful in one end of something, right? So you have a guy who uh, invents PayPal, okay? And then he leverages that to start an electric car company, which is supposed to be good for the environment, but really is not. <laughs> so you have this guy uh, and then um, – and he has intelligence and he's achieved something in certain fields, but it doesn't mean that he can – be a role model for you in life. You know what I mean? You don't take that person as a role model. And unfortunately, people do that because these celebrities leverage their celebrity stardust to now have an opinion which you should apparently follow. Okay? Uh, in Surah Al-An'am, uh, Ayah 116, Allah says, and if you obey most of those on earth, they will mislead you away from Allah's path. They follow nothing but then like conjecture and they do nothing but lie they follow nothing but conjecture so uh and and, and what and when it is said to them in another ayah in surah so this is uh, chapter 2 ayah 170 in the quran surah al-baqarah when it is said to them follow what allah has sent down they say nay we shall follow what we found our fathers following even though their fathers did not understand anything nor were they guided Okay, so here uh, in these past two ayat, Allah is saying that be careful, be careful. If you want to be intelligent, if you want to be smart, be careful. Don't follow those people. If you follow most of the people, first of all, Allah is saying if you follow the crowd, if you follow the crowd, uh, you're going to be led astray. Don't follow the crowd. That is not a basis to follow anything. I know peer pressure is hard. I know following the masses is uh, not following the masses is hard. I know like what's promoted in pop culture is very very hard. I know it's very easy to get onto bandwagons and follow things that are trending. It's very very easy. It's very very tempting. Or to just to follow what you've seen people uh, doing, like your own forefathers and the generation before. Oh, they 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 did this. Oh, you know for example. Uh, generation, what's the only way to meet somebody to marry? Oh, you have to uh, spend time with them. You have to live with them. You have to have different types of relationship with them. That's how you can that, – that's that's the only way, right? That's the only way to get to uh, know someone, right? But when you actually look at an intelligence way, that's like the worst way, even if you look at it from non-Islamic lenses, okay? So uh, they've done actually experiments, by the way. They've done experiments where they had somebody come in to fill out a questionnaire. So it was a behavioral study. And so they had one person come in to fill out this questionnaire. And so that's what they thought. They thought the study was the, uh, the fact that they were filling out this questionnaire. They had five other people in the room. And the only instructions they were given, this particular individual, was that you have to fill out this questionnaire. Go sit down on the chair, fill out this questionnaire. So there's five other people sitting beside uh, this individual. Somebody rings a bell. Five people stand up. So the five actors, so the five people who were in the room with the real participant are actors. So they all stand up. What happens? 
that person, even though they're told not to stand up, then the bell rings again. They sit down. That person sits down. And they keep doing this. And then what happens is that another person comes, a real, another real participant comes, and one of the actors leaves. And they do this again. A bell rings. Everyone, except for the new real participant now, eventually stands up. So now they all, that new participant also stands up. And when the bell rings again, uh, they all sit down. And they keep uh, replacing the actors with actual participants that have not been instructed to stand up and sit down when they hear a bell. Eventually, the room is filled with only real participants, right? And they're standing up and sitting down because they hear the bell and they don't know why. They have no idea. Why? Because we saw our fathers doing this. Oh, we just saw society always doing this. I thought this is the way that the world works, that we should always be doing this. If you follow most of the people, they will lead you astray. They follow nothing but conjecture. You know, so as a Muslim, why do we reject the Quran and the Sunnah when it is the truth? It is hidayah for this life and success in this life and in the next. For those who follow uh, conjecture their own desires and so then we become people who follow their own desires and we end up rejecting the truth and we reject our own intelligence that Allah SWT has blessed us with why do we do that you know it's like a building imagine that there's a building that's on your building is on fire okay and your building is on fire and you uh, go in you know you're, you're a bunch of you are in this building okay it's in fire and some guy comes up, okay, some orange man comes up, okay, with, uh, you know, wispy, you know, straw-like uh, blonde hair. And he's like, okay, listen, I know the way to get out of here. I'm going to take all of you to Hong Kong and just follow me. This is the right way out. And you're like, who are you? It's like, don't worry about it. Don't ask me any questions. Just follow me, right? And so uh, at the same time, a firefighter comes in, okay? And he says, um, listen, I know the way out of here, okay? I'm, I'm a fireman. He has the full garb, you know, fire, fire uh, outfit on. And he's saying, listen, I know how to get out of here. Just follow me. You know, I'll, I know the way. This is what I, this is what I do. And... Um, you know, I'll lead you to safety. Who are you going to follow? That fireman, uh, turns out, uh, doesn't have any Twitter followers. This other dude has like 50 million, like Twitter followers. Okay. And this other person is like, uh, you know, much, much more popular, much more richer. Do you follow this guy? Do you follow the guy who's telling you, like, you know, he's going to take you to safety in Hong Kong for some reason, right? Uh, do you follow him or do you follow the firefighter? And who do you have to blame if you follow this guy and say, okay, guy, everyone, uh, this building, this room apparently is on fire and I led you in a wrong direction. And although I, this is what I was told, but usually I'm 100% right. I'm usually 100% right. 
So if you're with that guy, who do you have to blame? You followed this guy. The firefighter said, okay, and you know that the firefighter has knowledge how to get out of here, okay? But you don't follow the fireman, okay? You ignore the fireman and you follow this other guy. Who's to blame? Who's to blame? Are you using your intelligence, right? Uh, are you, uh, you know, uh, are you someone who's incapable of making a correct decision? What would you, why would you follow somebody just because they have more Twitter followers, just because they're more rich, just because maybe they're a celebrity, you're going to follow them? You would um, ignore uh, logic, reasoning, and your own principles, for example. Would you do that? So for us to be saved from an-nar, we follow our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We follow the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so... One thing that we should appreciate, we need to appreciate this. Ibadah makes you more intelligent. Allah does not need our worship. God does not need your worship. It would not affect the majesty of Allah if no one on the earth worshipped him. We benefit from worshipping Allah. The people of intelligence worship their creator. And by worshiping Allah, they increase in their intelligence. It's like, you know, for you to be able to even get into university, you have to have a certain level of intelligence. And theoretically, uh, as you function and as you experience university and as you conclude university, uh, you should be more intelligent during that process. Okay. So... Ibadah shows the strength of your reasoning by submitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Lord of the universe, of the heavens and the earth. And that you submit to it above what your desires, your hawa tells you. Okay. So now when we look at uh, different ayat in the Quran, we understand how beneficial it is and how a reflection of our intelligence it is by worshipping Allah, by following what Allah has commanded us to, which is worshipping Allah. So for example, in Surah Al-Ankabut, so chapter 29, ayah 45 in the Quran, Allah says, Verily, the salah prohibits immorality and wrongdoing. So it protects you from immorality and wrongdoing. In Surah Al-Baqarah, as we had mentioned in some of the earlier podcasts, Ayah 183, fasting makes you righteous. Now, why particularly? Like, let's get back to the title. How does fasting improve your intelligence? How does fasting improve your intelligence? Okay, worshiping Allah shows that you have intelligence. How is fasting specifically something that improves your intelligence? Now, again, fasting is an experiential teaching, right? So until you experience fasting, uh, you really don't know fasting. Okay, so it's, it's experiential learning. Fasting, you can't learn about fasting in a book. Everyone who's fasted during the month of Ramadan... I think uh, there is uh, consensus on this, right? That unless you can't, 
you, the, the the two people aren't equivalent. You can read. Say you read uh, a thousand books on fasting, and you actually fasted in, in the month of Ramadan. Are those two equivalent in their knowledge of fasting? Yes or no? Are they? No. Of course, they're not uh, equivalent in in the knowledge of fasting. So, it's an experiential learning. Okay. Similarly, like uh, like when you're young, uh, when you touch something hot or a hot stove or a fire flame for the first time, you understand. Okay, yeah, that burns. Flame hot hurts. Experiential learning. Okay. Uh, that is far more ingrained in you than reading about it, because you could a kid could read about it, but still might not understand the danger of putting their hand in a flame. Okay. Now, fasting during the month of Ramadan is experiential learning. What is one of the experiential learning lessons that we get to know during this month is imsak, self-restraint for a whole month. Is you have a desire to eat. You have a desire, you know, uh, if you're married, uh, to be with your wife and, and things like that. But you restrain yourself from food, from drink, uh, from those types of relationships for an entire month. And isn't that the essence of aql? Is to restrain yourself from your desire to do what is befitting. Is to follow the principle, follow the truth above your own passion above your own uh you know uh hawa to do something okay and so we know that that is the deeper meaning of fasting is to restrain yourself is to restrain not only from eating but restraining your tongue as we mentioned before that allah does not need uh, as per the hadith in bukhari uh, by our rasul sallam, if one doesn't give up false speech and acting according to it then allah does not need of that person giving up their food and drink and we mentioned again that the earliest Muslims would say that the easiest part of fasting is giving up your food and drink. And we mentioned that uh, perhaps a fasting person, another hadith, that perhaps a fasting person gets nothing of his fast except hunger. And perhaps the praying person at night during Ramadan gets nothing from his standing prayer except sleepiness. So fasting, understand that imsak should make you more intelligent. It should give you a higher sense of intelligence. You should be a much more... A fasting person shouldn't be like a person who like binge eats now. A fasting person shouldn't be somebody who is going to be loose-lipped in terms of uh, degrading uh, a fellow Muslim or to, uh, to de degrade anyone for that matter. Okay? So a fasting person is going to have much more control over their limbs, what they do. That's why uh, if you look at the lowest level, okay, the lowest level of Iman, okay, uh, if we look at the hadith of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, faith is 70 or 60 odd branches. The most virtuous of them is the statement, there is none worthy of worship but Allah. The lowest of them is removing something harmful from the path. And haya, modesty, is a part of iman, is a part of faith. The lowest level of intelligence, lowest level of faith, is to do no harm. 
you know, what is the, what is the Hippocratic oath that all medical doctors do, that all, all med- medical doctors say and ascribe to? Do no harm. Do no harm. The minimal thing in any job that you have should be, if you have intelligence, is to do no harm, even if you were a police officer. That's the minimal thing. How can you say I'm there to protect the citizens of my community, of my city, of my nation, and I put them through harm? I am the cause of their harm. If only that's why the message of Islam needs to go far and wide. The message of Islam needs to go to the four corners of the earth because it would prevent stupidity. It would prevent self-destruction. It would prevent self-destruction and self-annihilation of the individual and of communities of society. Because the lowest level of faith is to do no harm, but you need to have faith to do that. You need to have iman to do that. You need to believe to do that. And we all have the capability to do that because Allah has given us all intelligence Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us all intelligence has given us aql and i believe a hadith in uh, at-tirmidhi rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam really um, encapsulates a lot of this okay it really encapsulates um, what i've just mentioned this particular hadith Rasul Sallallahu he says, when Allah created paradise and hell, he sent Jibril to paradise and said, look at it and what I prepared for the inhabitants therein. And so Jibril, he looked at Jannah and he said that, uh, I don't think anybody that hears about Jannah is not going to enter it. And then Allah had Jannah surrounded by difficult things, paradise surrounded by difficult things. And he says, uh, to Jibreel alayhi salam again to look at it. And he, said, he went back and he said it, what it was surrounded with difficult things. And he said, I'm afraid that no one will enter it. When they see it, that no one will enter it. And then similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Jibreel alayhi salam to look at hellfire. And uh, Jibreel alayhi salam, when he saw hellfire, he said that I don't think anybody comes to know about hellfire will enter into hellfire. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had it surrounded by all these types of desires. And so then Jibreel when he saw that, he said, I'm afraid that no one will be saved from hellfire. So hellfire, the destruction of hellfire is surrounded by things that appeal to your hawa. The difficulties surrounding paradise can only be transversed if you have intelligence and are willing to adhere to the truth over your desires. So if we think about it, if we uh, try to break it down, knowledge is to know that fire is harmful and surrounded by seduction 
aql, intelligence, is to not throw yourself into that destruction. There is a difference between knowing and acting upon that ilm. There's a difference between reining in your desires and following the truth. And we need to bring humanity back upon the truth because we can just keep doing this patchwork. We can just try to keep up with, you know, come up with nice sounding things. But the real impact will be if we turn to the guidance given to us by our creator. The creation will always fall short in its ability to come up with a solution and with guidance for humanity. We need to turn to the creator, Allah Azza wa Jal. for all of you uh, to tune in and also for my team to make the accommodations so that we could uh, you know, make this podcast happen today. And uh, for all of you for tuning in, uh, please get the message out to people. We need to get the message of Islam to the world so that we save ourselves and everyone and we benefit uh, all of humanity, inshallah ta'ala. And we will see everyone uh, next, or no, no, not, not next week, but yeah, in the, in the upcoming week, we're going to see everybody on Thursday night uh, for a regular, regularly scheduled podcast. Um, 6 p.m. MST, 5 p.m. PST, and uh, inshallah we'll try to continue uh, by spreading the haq. Remember, we want to live by the haq, we want to die by the haq. Just when you think life has stopped, turn into life haq. Jazamah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Do I feel that the New York police are providing enough protection or do I have to have protection of my own? I look for protection from Allah.